1: it's given you a lot of time with yourself. So what mm. that, that brings up the stuff that maybe you thought you weren't kind of ready to face, but um, if you allow it to, there's also the space to kind of like deal with it um, and kind of go into it. So what I've been advising a lot of people to do is um, Trust the process. Like, I think there was that thing and at the beginning of the pandemic where everyone was like, okay, we've got all of this time. If you aren't being productive, what are you doing? Make sure you're doing all of this. So it's that balance of like, there's stuff that you can do when you have more time, but um, also don't rush, kind of just like trust the process. So um, whether that's like finding tools, like speaking to someone um, or pouring yourself into a creative project, but I think everything is kind of like balance uh, and go at your own pace.
0: How you day? How you day? That was the voice of Mayfair Clements. What a story about becoming who you can be and becoming who your best self should be. That's what the podcast is about. And it's always a fun experience for me to watch and listen and observe people really come into their own. And that's what I felt like I was listening to when I listened to this podcast. Many of you, due to what's happened this year and the past year, are probably in that you know discovery phase or rediscovery phase. So I think this is a great reminder for you to always make sure you keep the main thing. The main thing. Last chance to get the tickets for my upcoming virtual spoken word event, which will cover my identity and what it was like for me growing up black on four continents. And it's all in poems. There might be a special performance, but you'll have to get your ticket to find out. That will be in the show notes. But other than that, enjoy the episode, take notes, and please leave your reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you feel you listen to podcasts the most. But I love to see those reviews. It helps with our discoverability. All right? Enjoy the episode. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of As Told by Nomads, and today's guest is Mayfair Clements. Now, Mayfair is an author, lead performance coach, and online trainer. Since starting a coaching business at age 20, she has worked with hundreds of individuals and corporations around the world. Her clients have ranged from pro athletes and celebrity stylists to international speakers and in Fortune 500 companies. Mayfair also founded the 20-something Coach Club to support other 20-somethings to create impactful coaching businesses of their own. Now, something else that I, I love about Mayfair is that she's also a spoken word artist. Now, I, as some of you know, I, I... I Started off my my uh, journey into creativity when I was fifteen with my, my poems, and I'm putting on my first event next month. But this is fascinating because I love meeting creatives like her who build a platform to make an impact in the world. Welcome, Mayfair.
1: Hey, it's so good to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Uh, the pleasure is mine. I uh so did you? Uh, there are many ways we could go with you, but mm-hmm. I wanna I wanna start I wanna start off with your younger self because. Yeah. You do so many things now, right? So you're mm-hmm. not, you're a coach, yeah. a trainer,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: you also have the the creative aspects of yourself. When you were younger, what did you want to become?
1: That is a good question. Um, I mean, you started talking about the spoken word and that's been something that I started from very early on. Um, so I think for me, like the running theme, it kind of, because I was thinking about this the other day, I do a lot of things, but I think for me, the running theme is just communicating ideas so that's why I started writing initially Um, and that's what I've kind of always loved I just loved talking communicating ideas reading Um, so when I was younger I think I wanted to be a writer and then you go through that phase where that's kind of like beaten out of you and you realize can I actually make it as a writer Um, so I kind of switched to law and law is actually what I I studied at university um, and graduated in and then kind of full circle came back to my creativity and on a journey of kind of figuring out ways that balance me feeling like I'm expressing myself um but also giving the world something that um is a skill that is worth paying for um so yeah, that's kind of where i started
0: no i I love that i also I went to school initially for pre law before I, I switched my major I, but I took oh, a few nice. classes and I realized like nope. No. <laughs> 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 Uh, I switched to marketing and and and, and business management, but uh, yeah, it was a brief brief flirtation with the idea.
1: <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> yeah, I just about finished.
0: <laughs> well, you you know, kudos to you. I I have a question though, because you said that and then you had a full circle moment. So what, what was your what on earth am I here for moment?
1: Yeah, again, I love this question because it's so. It's still so distinct and fresh in my mind. So like I was saying, I studied um, at university here in the UK um, and I was studying law. It wasn't really a path that I kind of questioned. It was just, OK, cool. Um, my parents always said, OK, cool. I'm, I'm from my parents are African. I was born in Africa. So there's like a few careers that you can go into that will keep African parents happy.
0: I, I, wait, uh, where are you from?
1: I actually, I'm from Zimbabwe.
0: Zimbabwe. Oh, okay. No problem. No problem. I love that. I love that. Yes. It's lawyer, doctor, engineer, failure, but please go on.
1: <laughs> Literally, that's it. There's nothing else. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay, cool. I think I can work with the law route. I didn't see myself being any of the others. So I was like, okay, cool. I can do the law route. So I did that. Um, and to be honest, like, I think I always kind of, um, it is important to me to have a life that feels like I'm doing something meaningful um, and also allows me to live the way that I want. So I thought, okay, cool. Law law does that, um, Had did my first year at university, um, and really early on I realised this just doesn't feel like me, so I spent like most of my year like, oh like maybe it's just a course or whatever it was, but it kind of didn't feel like me, um, and at university as well, um, I kind of, I wouldn't say I lost myself, but this was the first time I, I felt like I was in the wild, like on my own, and I experienced so many challenges with my mental health, suffered really badly from anxiety as well, and I had this moment um, where uh, I was just in such a low and in such a dark place. Um, I went to a club the night before with my friends. Now remember like just getting a taxi home early because I just like, I felt like I was in my body and in my life, but um, I wasn't doing anything for me that felt meaningful, including my law degree. So I kind of had this moment where I was sat and I was like, God, um, I don't know what I'm here for. And I don't want to die, but I can't live like this. I can't live kind of everyday, just waiting to finish the end of the day without feeling like I'm doing something um so I remember kind of just um, praying this prayer that was um just show me what I'm here for like show me what my breath is for and the following day um I went to our library because I had an essay that was due opened up the page and I realized like 4 hours had gone by but I was writing and it wasn't my essay I started writing my book at that point which was just putting my thoughts on paper Um, and from there that was kind of like the first step of um, I always say like with purpose um, and kind of finding what it is that you'll put on this earth to do it's just following the next right step so for me the next right step was writing and then from there um, I published my book I actually went to New York for a few months and uh, I did a bit of spoken word there sold my book uh, and then from there I kind of figured okay cool coaching came about and then so it was just that, like, I, I had to say yes to that first moment of, okay, this feels like purpose or this feels like the way that I'm pulled. And it did come from a, you know, what, you know, what am I here for moments? So, yeah. Brilliant.
0: No, I love those moments. Those moments are truly beautiful and they do take a moment of courage because yeah. a lot of times you, you do have to heed to that call and to take that first step, as you said, yeah, leap, leap. And it's not always going to be sexy or attractive because you, even if you do take that 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 you, know, you heed to that call rather, right. it might not be successful
1: mm-hmm. or the
0: way you envision it, and yeah. then you know that could be discouraging, huh? Sure. So your tw- the twenty something coach club, which is yeah. something you do, you support other twenty to- somethings to create impactful businesses of their own. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to know. What it is that you've noticed with other twenty-somethings? What are those roadblocks that are common, and how can they overcome that? That a lot of twenty-somethings listen to the podcast right now, so I'm curious to see if you could get inside their psyche and give them some practical tips.
1: Yeah, definitely. So I think um, for me, the biggest thing that I recognized was, I guess you could call it imposter syndrome, because when I started, I started coaching, I started my business um, when I was just before I turned twenty, I was nineteen. Um, And I remember kind of having this distinct feeling that this is what I was meant to be doing. Um, I felt like I was, uh, I just felt this is what I was called to do, support other people to to get to where they were going in life. But then it was also kind of met with this internal resistance of, wait, but you're 20, like how are you going to convince anyone um, you know, to allow you to be their life coach? So I was kind of like facing this and kind of, um, I guess initially I was just trying to fake it. Um, And I remember being at a seminar um, and everyone there, were, they were really well-established coaches, probably like two times my age, most of them. And we did this exercise where you kind of met the people, you're put in a group of 10 people, and you had to stand in the middle of the circle and everyone had to say, okay, um, just from meeting the person on five minutes, what do you think is this person's most effective quality? Um, and what do you think is something about them that they could improve? So it was basically just kind of going off of a vibe. So here I was in this seminar, kind of trying to fake it till I made it, feeling a bit insecure because, wait, I'm 20. These people probably have way more knowledge than me, but I'm just going to go in and, and pretend like I know exactly what I'm doing. Um, and cool, people said the effective of quality, which was, yeah, seems really caring, seems really warm. Um, and then for the ineffective quality, a lot of people said, um, seems really shy, seems unsure of herself, um, things like that. And I was like, oh, wait. So I've been trying to kind of fake it, but people could kind of sense that on me. So that's when I realized um, you have to kind of do the work to, to to work on the thing that you feel insecure on. So I think for 20-somethings, especially if they're trying to do something big in the world, in the world of business or, or coaching, um, something that maybe feels above you, um, I realized the challenge is doing that work to believe it for yourself, right, going on your conviction. I always say calling requires conviction, not qualification. You can get qualification. Mm along the way and you get experience but you have to trust that conviction that if you feel led to start that business to help people coach people become a speaker whatever it is trust that conviction and then what begins to happen is your conviction affects the way people around you see you because you Hmm. talk differently when you have conviction you walk differently when you have conviction you execute differently when you have conviction and that's what I found so when I actually stopped ignoring it um, and actually said okay cool this is where I feel it insecure and I actually did the work to kind of overcome that um, I had no issue actually getting clients who were, you know had been to places that I had never been were older than me so I'd say that's the biggest challenge with 20-somethings um, especially if you're kind of like young in your career you're doing a new thing you don't have that proof to say okay cool you can do it you don't have those results under your belt so your biggest thing is going to be your your conviction and fueling that constantly until other people believe it and then you're in a position to get the results.
0: That's amazing mate for calling requires conviction not qualification. Yeah. Ah. Ah. <laughs> that 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 just uh, that just causes me to pause because it is yeah. true, you know, in your 20s you're figuring out how to get qualified a lot of times and you know you, you hear a lot of no's. I certainly did. Uh, <laughs> and I, I know I'd let those moments you know put bring me down a few times but it wasn't until I it was you know I just felt like you know this is what I see this is what I'm going to do and mm-hmm. I'm just, this is, this is just what it's going to be.
1: Yeah. But that,
0: that conviction, wow. Huh. And, and, and once you get past that mental block, you're saying mm-hmm. the, 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 things that you attract then become endless in terms of yeah. clients and possibilities.
1: Okay. Yeah. percent. Yeah. There's of course, like, um, I always said there's a point in everyone's life, even from an artistic perspective, if you think about something like poetry, there's a point where your passion will take you to a place and then your passion has to kind of be met with um like that level of mastery that requires you to actually study whether that's like formally studying whether that's getting like a mentor everyone needs that point um but convictions the thing that's going to take you as far as you can go without the qualification or the skill or whatever and then you need to do stuff like in business learn about marketing um branding all of that stuff so you need that but if you don't have the conviction piece first yeah. like can't even get to that point right whereas people yeah. do it the other way around they try and get the qualification to make up for the lack of conviction they have but that doesn't work because people can still kind of sense. okay wait she's got you know the degree she's got the marketing degree whatever it is she's got all of these things under her belt but there's just i don't believe you <laughs> basically yeah that's you yeah can absolutely conviction piece
0: okay well let's talk about your book the becoming you yeah. wrote that at 21 and you said you toured new york and then you also did uh, spoken word while you are while you were torrent. W- yeah. what was the process like? What was the book about? What was the process like writing the whole book? I know you touched about it a little bit earlier, but yeah, I'm yeah. also an author, so I know that they're aspiring authors. Uh, I'm always curious about the process.
1: Yeah, I love that. So, um, I think for me, like I said, the process was just, it was writing for me. So when I started writing, I didn't even realize I was writing a book. I wasn't thinking about anyone else. I was just kind of, um, it was like cathartic for me, like it was healing. So I always say this about the book. Um, it was what I needed to kind of overcome what were some of my hardest and darkest points whilst I was at university. Um, so as I was writing, I could kind of, I was piecing, like it allowed me to process um, my own emotions and allow me to process what I had been going through. And then kind of randomly, cause I was writing every day at this point just because it made me feel good. And then randomly I got a text um, from an old friend and she said, this is going to sound really random Mayfair, um, but have you ever thought about writing a book? Um, Because, you know, from what I've heard you speak, um, I think your words could really help people. Um, And I thought, okay, this is so weird because I I didn't tell anyone I was kind of writing at that point, Um, but it stuck with me. Um, It stuck with me and I kept kind of meeting people on my journey um, who... I could tell we're in a difficult place because I was at university doing anything to make money. So I was braiding people's hair at that point and braiding hair takes a long time. So I just hear people's stories as I was braiding hair. Um, And I got to speak to some of those people, but I remember feeling like I can't speak to everyone who probably needs that person to just be like, okay, cool, it's okay. This feels like breaking right now, but it's actually part of your becoming. So I thought maybe I could write this book and use it as a way to reach more people than my feet. Could, could go and could reach. Um, so yeah, my process just kind of started out for me and then I kind of got that text and it kind of shifted to, okay, cool, how can I make this thing that feels very personal? So I wrote about, I was engaged and that broke off, my mental health struggles. I was writing about all of these things that felt deeply personal. And then I kind of had that shift of, okay, how can I, um, how can I also write in a way that allows someone to feel invited into this process and allows them to see themselves through my words? Um, so I just kind of write when I felt inspired until I reached a point, I don't know how to describe it, but I just reached a point where I was like, okay, it's done. Cause I could have written forever. Like it wasn't like a, a story that had a start to an end, but I, I remember distinctly the day where I was like, okay, this is the last page. I finished it. And yeah, that was it.
0: The becoming now, is that something you believe that we all need to deal with? figuring out who we're going to become. I know Michelle Obama has a similar title, right? Becoming, right? Right. Yeah, it's called Becoming. I I read that book. Uh, And Yours came before hers, though.
1: It actually did. (laughs) 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 But yeah, sorry. tricks. So for me, the concept of the book is, um, I think on the journey of, you know, becoming, which I'll describe, that there's like a breaking that happens, like a point where we're like, okay, life just kind of feels like a mess. For some people, it would be like, financial some people would be relational some people would be with their mental health Um, but I firmly believe that in those moments that can feel like breaking it feels like breaking but it's actually becoming like those moments where we hit the rock bottoms and it's like okay I can't do this anymore if we allow them they're actually things that shape us they're actually things that give us like the layers the tenacity the um, the fight to be who are called to be. So that's why I kind of call it the becoming. The becoming is that process of, um, I don't know, like putting on your armor and being like, okay, cool. This is what I've been called to do. And I'm fully laying hold of it and I'm fully going to do it. So that's kind of the, the, the concept for me. Wow.
0: Oh, I love it. So you, you write the book, you, hmm. uh, you know, you, you start to build this coaching business. What yeah. happens to your life as the pandemic hits?
1: Oh gosh, yeah. (laughs) So here in the UK, I don't know what it's like too much in the US, but um, here in the UK, we're in like a third lockdown. Um, So it's been challenging because you kind of get to the point where, okay, there's a lockdown and there's like, okay, things are lifting and it's just been like up and down basically. So it's really hard to plan. Um, I mean, I've been blessed in the sense that um, my coaching business was um, pretty much fully online before the pandemic um, because I wanted it was really important for me to create a lifestyle where i could work from anywhere so i i kind of had that design in my mind anyway so it kind of worked out with the pandemic because um my work was fully online so i've been blessed in that way But i think the biggest thing is um with the work that i do in writing is there's always that balance or that sweet spot that you have to find as a creator between what you kind of want to create and feel compelled to and what people need and the time that they need it in so actually that's the biggest shift that i found is like people need something different in a pandemic like you can't motivate people in the same way um when everything's normal to when it's a pandemic so it's been shifting kind of in that sense um being really in touch with what people are going through and what they need and kind of adapting my style in that way so I've learned a lot um in that process but thankfully business-wise it hasn't been impacted too adversely at all
0: Yeah you know I I am glad that you were in that situation and the reason why I even want to bring the pandemic up is because first of all, it's a reality, <laughs> and and second of all, the the trauma that many yeah. people have gone through, whether they address it or not, and, and it sounds like you are also very deeply into mental health, and yeah. this is something that's important to me. But as I was uncovering my own traumas, childhood traumas, or even the trauma of what was happening in the summer, mm-hmm. all right, with everything going on, you know, you come across things like anxiety or. Some people feel depression. Some people feel the isolation and all those things. I yeah. wonder, I wonder, you know, based on your experience, especially working with so many 20-somethings, you yeah. know, this is the, the stage normally where people will be becoming, figuring out themselves, failing, you know, yeah. and all that. Do you come across those those mental health hurdles with your clients? Do you see that?
1: yeah. Definitely. Um, I think, like you said, especially with 20 somethings, because for a lot of people, kind of graduating, kind of being launched into um, a recession here in the UK, and I guess, and a lot of places of the world, that's like uncertain because you kind of built, you're, you're kind of told like on this part, okay, cool, go to school, you know, finish high school, finish university, and then you're set. There's a job waiting for you as long as you have a degree that's high enough, and it kind of throws all of that in question when the whole world is in, is in disarray. So I have met uh, and spoken to a lot of 20-somethings who are feeling that, um, but in a way, I think here, especially like if you're in lockdown, it's given you a lot of time with yourself. So what mm. that that brings up the stuff that maybe you thought you weren't kind of ready to face. But um, if you allow it to, there's also the space to kind of like deal with it um, and kind of go into it. So what I've been advising a lot of people to do is... Um, Trust the process, like I think there was that thing and at the beginning of the pandemic, where everyone was like, okay, we've got all of this time. If you aren't being productive, what are you doing? Make sure you're doing all of this. So it's that balance of like there's stuff that you can do when you have more time, but um, also don't rush, kind of just like trust the process. So um, whether that's like finding tools, like speaking to someone um, or pouring yourself into a creative project, but I think everything is kind of like balance uh, and go at your own pace.
0: Yeah, that's that's beautiful advice, and I and I love that. Uh, okay, all right, well, poetry coaching, you know, reaching and transforming lives. What, what what is the next step for you? What What are you hoping to achieve in the next decade?
1: Nice. Um. So, um, we're actually moving to the UK. Me and uh, to the US. Me and my husband. um hey. To New York, actually. Uh, You're m-
0: we're gonna be neighbors.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Neighbors. I mean, New York is always like. From when I went there, I went there for a few months, and it kind of. I actually didn't like it when I first went uh, because it was it was tough. Like it was gritty. It was so different to what I was used to. But after I left, it kind of just stayed with me. um And my husband, he's I think he's been on the, on the he's podcast. He's been on the podcast.
0: Yes. He's yeah. Asked, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Um, yeah. So he's a speaker as well. So I think for us, um, it's going to the states to. um just continue our work there in terms of personal development. Why I love New York and why it's been placed like on my heart is I, New York is like the place, like where dreamers go. Um, And it's like where dreams live. But then I think with the pandemic um, it's kind of threatened to kind of knock that out of people like, okay, don't dream because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or next week. So what's been on my heart is just like reminding people to kind of like dream, Again, it may look different, and there's more depth behind it, but that's really what I want to do through my work. So it's continuing coaching, working with people one on one, also speaking, finding ways to um, impact more people at a time. Uh, but yeah, really coaching, writing, speaking, just doing what we can to inspire people to keep dreaming, basically.
0: Exploring all the layers of your creative gift. Uh, it's, it's, this is this is this is good, and and it, it's. Uh, I think, you know, as a fellow creative, when we grew up, especially in our backgrounds,
1: mm.
0: the suppression of a lot of creative sometimes makes many people feel like it doesn't mean anything. But if you look out throughout history, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of the people that were able to translate culture or translate ideas and, and all these things were, were necessary and may, are many times impactful in movements and revolutions. And I'm hoping that you know, with our generation, we're we're both, uh, you know, African immigrants, uh, Mm -hmm. in in some shape or form, I'm hoping that we, and anyone listening, who's bringing up a child in the world that Mm -hmm. whatever the gifts are, we don't limit the possibilities of what professional means. Mm -hmm. (laughs)
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because I think we need doctors. I think we need lawyers. I think we need, you know, engineers and, and architects, but I also don't think we need to suppress writers or poets or creatives and make it feel like oh that's nothing uh, you have to be a starving artist you know there's that idea yeah
1: yeah 100 yeah. percent and i think the biggest thing that i found is like your gifts um always make room for you so i know for me like i've been writing maybe for like 10 years like in some form um and it's only in the last few years that i've been able to get paid for my writing but that's just what i'd encourage anyone creatively or anyone who's raising kids who have like a creative gift is like follow that through like just give like don't be afraid like to do like the you know the the free shows and 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 write like do that keep following that and i promise you it's like that you will meet the right opportunity but i think you almost have to prove to yourself that you're in Mm -hmm. it just have to prove yourself that you can give your gift and the opportunity like it will find you (laughs) absolutely so far so keep going
0: where where can we find your book and everything you're up to
1: yeah um so my book is just if you type the becoming by mayfair you can you can buy it on um, amazon um i'm on instagram a lot like that's the main platform i'm on every day at mayfair clements and i've also got my website mayfairclements.com okay okay we'll put that in the show
0: notes put that in the show notes well i can't let you go without asking this question this is my mission statement reframed as a question so mayfair Mm
1: -hmm. how do
0: you use your difference to make a difference
1: Oh I like that. Um, how do I use my difference to make a difference? Um, for me it's just telling my story um, and inspiring others to tell their story and I think kind of merging that thing of I've always been kind of creative but then I've also got that side to me which is kind of academic so kind of using that in a way where um, I can relate to people who are kind of creative and like this is the biggest thing sorry if I'm going off tangent but the biggest thing that I found with people who are creatives because I work with Um, musicians like people from all sorts of backgrounds it's like they've got this creativeness to them like you know that that thing that just keeps you writing until like 3am 4am and that's amazing but if you can kind of add to that a little bit of organization or a little bit of structure to your day or um, a little bit of mindset you're going to go so far so for me that's where I kind of meet people so I can understand that creative flow that you need to be in but I've also studied successful people a lot. And that's what I do. And I like if you can incorporate a few of those things, you're going to go so far. It's like being that catch 22. If you want to be that musician that goes far, you need discipline like most other musicians don't have. Um, so I guess, yeah, that's how I use my differences, like kind of merging the two worlds that I understand um, and helping people to like, to adapt elements of both to go as far as they can with their craft.
0: Wow. Well, thank you so much. That's beautiful. I I, I love everything you've had to say. I, I just feel like you have this warm presence about you that that really invites people to to have to have the self inquiry, you know, the self awareness and this this okay. conversations with themselves about what it is that they want to do and who they can mm-hmm. truly be if they allow themselves to, to tap into those. So, uh, thank you for that.
1: No, thank you for having me. Too. I really really enjoyed this conversation.
0: Pleasure is mine. Ladies, gentlemen, and gender non-binary individuals, till next time, use your difference <laughs> to make a difference.
1: You've just been
0: listening to the as Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxen.com.